Good evening. You're all listening to Three Moves Ahead, and I'm your host, Rob Zachney. Joining me tonight, we welcome Three Moves Ahead founder, Troy Goodfellow. Good evening, everyone. And we also welcome back our friend uh, from Disruptor Beam, David Heron. Hello. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about one of the one of the most asked, frequently asked questions uh, to the the Three Moves Ahead email, uh, and a question that I just get a lot, and I suspect uh, you get a lot as well, Troy, which is that what's a good strategy game for someone to play who doesn't have a ton of time to sink into some sort of epic length grand campaign. And that's and that's part of tonight's topic. But the other part of it is this. When I'm asked this question, I usually struggle to answer it because I don't feel like particularly these days, uh, if you're talking about like PC strategy games and wargaming, I don't feel like it's an embarrassment of riches when you're trying to sort of satisfy like this need. And so that's the other thing I want to talk about is, you know, first, like what games would we recommend? Uh, but then also, am I the only one who feels like there's kind of a dearth of the short form strategy game, the short form war game, uh, especially on PC? And, you know, if the, if there is that sort of lack, uh, what what's behind it? And, and so I just wanted to sort of throw it open to you. Uh, you know, first of all, do do either of you have sort of immediate go-to responses uh, when you get this question? You know, for for the person who you know who has kids, a busy job, who only has you know a few uh, a few hours of strategy gaming in a week, um, where should that time be spent? I, I mean, I I I go to. I mean, this is a very hard question to answer. But my go-to is generally if you're interested in war games, I just recommend war games with really good scenario campaigns or that are chopped up into nice little bits. Um, because we have this, there's, I understand that people don't want to get dug deep into a game of your universalis or civilization or even some of the new RTSs, uh, for a long time overnight for, for over the course of that. Cause it does take quite a bit of time. You get sucked in, it eats your time up. A lot of, you know, scenario based war games generally don't have that problem. They're the nice digestible chunks. Uh, you pick a scenario and you stick with it and, uh, you can move right along. The thing is, not everybody uh, is into war games, which makes the question even more pointed. It makes it very hard to recommend you know, something that is good for you know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. I mean, we used to talk about the RTS as the lunch hour game, something you could just play in an hour and you're mm -hmm. done. But a lot of people, especially when you get to you know, our age, especially my age, you know, finding even an hour... Uh, to try something new or interesting is not especially easy. Um, if you only have, you know, 30 minutes and you want a chunk of something uh, or you're waiting uh, for something to be done or be accomplished before you move on to your rest of your sad, sad adult life. Uh, so the PC space is harder. It's a lot easier, you know, to make recommendations on the iPad. It's a lot easier to make mobile recommendations for these sorts of things because that's the way... The platform has evolved, let alone the genre of strategy games and board games have evolved uh, on uh, the iPad and Android space. But the PC space has has always tended towards, you know, gigantism uh, for good or for ill. Uh, and even this podcast, I think, likes to talk more about the really giant, big, amazing, epic games that it does as the small ones. I remember when, we, when the Kingdom show that you guys did, uh, you and Rowan and Fraser, uh, did on Kingdom, a nice uh, small 
adventure strategy oh, don't you, thing. Don't you pin that on me, Troy. There were other things that, like, believe me, the issue I had with Kingdom was not not that it was too small and oh, too I'm, I'm, short. I'm, 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 I'm not saying that it was. I'm not arguing. That's not my case. I'm, I'm, I'm standing here with a, yeah. a broken, like, whiskey bottle, by the way, just, like, brandishing it. Yes. Like, you you no, want to go about Kingdom? No, I mean, that, that it was... A sort of game, and I think Rowan even noted this, the type of game we don't talk about a lot. Because it is small, it's discreet, and it's kind of, you know, cute in its way. But it's a very self-contained game. It's the sort of thing you can just, you know, mm-hmm. play in a chunk and stop and play in a chunk and stop and not feel necessarily compelled to be sucked into this grand world-shaping environment. So, when, yeah, when people ask me this question, I ask, are you interested in war games? If they say no, I ask, do you have an iPad? Because it's really hard to think of strategy games that do fit this definition. David, how do you, how, what do you find? Well, um, so I think I think you're right, and it took me like I spent the past couple of days sort of thinking about this topic, um, and 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 actually it's been it's been longer. Um, this past year, I've been doing a lot of flying, dealing with uh, potential clients, but then also sort of doing uh, the convention thing for um, Star Trek Timelines. And so I've been spending a lot of time on planes. Um, you know, sometimes you get the really nice, uh, well, I mean, in a way, like the the Boston to San Francisco, but a lot of these sort of like hour-long, two-hour-long uh, uh, jumps. And I, in particular, have come with uh, a couple of things. So one thing I realized is that um, there aren't many games that are just uh, shrunk down into that um, half-hour spot um, that aren't actually part of something larger. And so the reason why I want to qualify that is like is is uh, Rob, you opened up this this question about saying like I have kids and I can't really get into anything, and I'm I'm that's that's the thing that's throwing with me. So if I I'm gonna I'm gonna table that, and I'm gonna mention a couple of things that I think you can experience in a short period of time, but they're gonna ask a lot of you. Okay, so a couple of different things. Uh, Offworld Trading Company, Soren's new game. If you're looking for that RTS. Um, I think, I think that might be a place to start. The games are relatively short. I'd say in, in that sort of like, uh, hour long range, but then it sort of speeds up and it gets about 40 seconds. I think there's a lot of depth, a lot of complexity. And in fact, um, it's built, I think, to acknowledge the fact that there people don't necessarily have so much time. When I had him on my show, uh, the Game Design Roundtable, we talked a lot about how uh, Twitch in, uh, interacted with his development during the early access and like being able to create this um, this uh, forty minute experience that then fit inside of uh, a three hour long campaign. Um, it sort of has he referenced um, Rogue Legacy and um, Rogue Likes and this idea of like you keep doing these cycles. And so I think that's it. That's the thing. And then uh, going beyond that, I think you can look to tactics games. And so while you may not be able to play the entire thing, uh, I think strategy like tactical level games especially turn-based ones um often fit within that that time frame so things like uh invisible ink things like um valkyria chronicles those have been just absolute um lifesavers on planes yeah even xcom is sort of digestible like mission by mission yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, you know, think of my thoughts on XCOM. But, um, uh, or, or I think, and then you can start going into um, 
and, and let's i'm going to jump from mobile i'm going to jump stay away from mobile because uh, there is sort of like this mobile board game thing which we're going to talk to later um but one of the things that i found myself doing when i get home from work and i have about an hour to play is i have gotten back into heroes of the storm <laughs> and while most people think mobas uh Seem, and I guess we're, we, can, we can go back and forth as to where the strategy... I guess they're not strategy games. I don't know. Are they? We've covered them enough here. And, like, I, I don't know. They're too... They're, they're, I, don't, I don't think they are. But they're such a closely related cousin that I feel like... Stra- yeah, this, they should be guess... a bigger part of the strategy discussion than they are. So, so Heroes of the Storm in particular, because that's actually this, like, short... Uh, 20 25 minute experience um and that got me thinking about like where did the tower defense genre go because like isn't isn't that is it wasn't Dude, i talked about that, this like, like a couple nice months ago we did a show on tower we, defense yeah. games <laughs> <laughs> what we did a show on tower defense games uh we've had a couple actually yeah. uh mm-hmm. like a couple a few years ago we, we had a discussion on how it was like this uh cool new thing and and we had quentin smith on the show and we were talking about sanctum and it was mm-hmm. great and where would this genre go next and a few months ago we had i think sean sands on the show and and possibly someone else uh maybe you were there troy i was yeah um but it was kind of the answer was where did tower defense go oh, right oh uh kind of nowhere kind of in a big circle well so like like that's the kind of thing that i want to see uh maybe i don't know it was um because the the this, the frightening answer for the gaming with a get for a gamer with no little time is increasingly running towards what is called some people call it an idle game some people call it a clicker oh no 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 yeah, no no but it really is so i i, I shouldn't say that i've had venture capitalists running in the background is that what yeah. you're saying <laughs> no but um in in like in like kind of a lot of ways this space is getting eaten up by things that um are are actually like they they move to these like super high strategic levels and then they are in the realm of like just the 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 clicker where they it's just all about the art it's just about the timer or they've moved into the mobile area and i hate to say it but like the most profitable games on the market right now are like Game of War, Fire Age, and Clash of Clans, and Clash Royale, and they're kind of strategy games, and they're kind of small, and so many people play them, and it's scary. <laughs> but are they, are they kind of, but I, I was waiting for you to say, and they're kind of great. No, <laughs> they're not. They're oh, and, and, and of course, we, we can't afford to forget the FTL, which I think is probably the king of mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of uh, short games you can play on this, both a mobile and PC. Probably the best, I think, for this. Uh, so hang on, I need to talk about this this idle games thing a little bit because this is oh, like no. this is I am so out of touch about this and like Heron saying something like yeah a lot of that uh, sort of short form uh, impulse has sort of been taken up by that like that's that's Heron being the equivalent of like an Xer or a Boomer reading like you know do you know what these millennials are into now mm-hmm. like kind of headline like I'm like wait. Like so, those are those are big. Well, like I like I just thought it was like Jeff Gersman who had like a weird sort of fetish for them on on the Bombcast, uh, but like are like 
I didn't realize that like they were kind of I mean consuming our people. But then I remember Troy, you've got clicker heroes on Steam all the time, and you've said most of the time you're really playing something else and you're just using it as a smoke screen just so people won't ask questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that true, Troy? Is that really true? To, a, to an extent, but then I found there are actually some really interesting ones that are good for like a bit. There's nothing I get really into, but there is not evolution in the space, mm-hmm. but it's nice to see how the art works, how the how they try to make their thing different. So when you're in PR, you're thinking marketing side, you know, what is separating this? Why are people choosing this one over another? I'm not going to say it's pure research. I like seeing the numbers go up too. It's like mm-hmm. pure, you know, I'm, I'm looking for the word for it. Just obsessiveness of saying, mm-hmm. how high can I make this number go? And right now, um, let's see, on Earth, my adventure capitalist at 313.9 septenvingentillion Earth dollars. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is oh, this is Mars. Sorry, that's those are Mars dollars. I'm sorry. <laughs> the Earth, the Earth dollars well, are higher. What do those convert to in Earth dollars? That's the real question. You you can convert. And how? And no, and, there is a conversion rate. Uh-huh. So, and yes. how many do you need to buy back your dignity? Oh, my dignity is. I'm 44 years old. We get a single one bedroom apartment. My dignity's gone, man. <laughs> no, so. <clears throat> so so uh clickers okay uh or or these idle games um the reason why they, so they're they are oh i guess poetically they're, successful. they're poetically picking up steam here uh and that's an unintended double entendre but yeah like they, they're soaring more and more onto steam um i think they can they can uh play in the spaces so um hey this is this is one thing that i'm gonna let here's a big secret uh, when you're watching uh, uh, your favorite Twitch streamer and they're waiting for their matchmaking, a fair number of them are all tabbing to a different game. It's probably going to be a clicker or Kingdom. I've seen Kingdom as well. Um, it's usually something else. And when I when I look at it, I like I I understand the um uh the, the sort of that the, the the reason why right it's just like quick dopamine we all like seeing numbers and the reason why i think it's relevant in the strategy game is it is a natural extension um is adding in multiplayer and when you're dealing with some of this stuff like really there there are so many uh strategy games out there that i think are about building optimal uh resource generation machines and then using those to uh, to assert your will on others. Like, I mean, that's kind of what off-world trading company is. Um, like, like it's really you know stripped down. Um, but you know, it's really just like one step away from like, okay, well, have a map, and instead of uh, Mars dollars, you're also building up troops or mechs or. Uh, a navy and then you can send them out something and there we go well now we have this like uh this massive strategy game that can be you know mmo like and you don't even really have to play it and i kind of think that that's just gonna that's a big thing and it's coming you don't have hmm. to play it. Well, we'll watch an idle game be the first one to make naval games interesting yeah. in strategy <laughs> that's right <laughs> That's interesting. That reminds me of something that, um, you know, I don't play the games. But I sort of recognize the impulse, uh, but it may, perhaps I'd, I'd mis, misdiagnosed it at first. Uh, a couple of weeks ago on, on Idle Weekend, I was talking about how a lot of times, like in strategy games, the building up for a war is more fun than the actual fighting of the mm-hmm. war. Oh, yeah, like, for sure. 
Like, I'm sitting there, like, just cranking troops out, and I'm, like, forming stacks, and I'm sort of thinking, like, it's going to feel really good when I push these soldiers here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. Um, and and your plan hasn't had the chance to, to show how oh bad God, it Oh, God, no, because who wants that? Right? Who wants that? Like, you know yeah, what's no. genius in um in Hearts of Iron 4 is that... All of it. <laughs> yes yes exactly uh no uh particularly particularly the end game uh no the, the genius of it though is it made the planning of military operations feel so goddamn satisfying um it was a game that was like yeah you just draw that arrow across that front mm, look at you you're the field marshal uh i mean the, the difference there is of course like if you've miscalculated you know that little that little clockwork progression of your your line of advance uh, quickly just goes to shit, uh, and 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 you're screwed. But uh, yeah, no, that's that's completely part of it, uh, David. Which is the idea that like, you know, <laughs> no plan survives first contact with the enemy. But as a player, you really want it to. You really mm-hmm. like 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 you know really why does Rommel have to fight back when you land on Normandy mm-hmm. right wouldn't it be much more satisfying if like Khan and like San Lo like all fell on the first day I think so <laughs> um so so anyway I I think I think you know uh, we're gonna keep an eye out I think uh, you know we've mentioned some, some places but I, I think we should jump to to, to the mobile space and just quickly quickly talk about it because I actually think that um, around about in sort of like 2011 2012 like a, a bunch of people tried um, Shenandoah I think came sort of came out and they made a, a pair of games and I've totally forgotten what they are uh, Battle of the Bulge. Thank you. And they also had one on the Moscow and then one on the Africa Corps. Right. Um, and then they were purchased a couple of years ago. I don't actually know if they still are making games. Uh, I think they got purchased by like Fantasy Flight or some board game company, I think. Uh, they got uh, purchased by, by Slytherin, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. That's what, that's what it was. Okay. Um, so, so, you know, th- you have those options and then there's a, a lot of board game stuff. And then some of that actually will end up on PC uh, there was a recent game called Tharsis that 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 came oh, out. Oh, I know Tharsis. Yeah. Um, and so, so okay. So I, I hear like the reservation, and 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 that's totally understandable. And I and I think mostly because it makes me um, angry. It's an angry making game. When we're game. talking about small games, so Tharsis is um, I don't know. It's kind of like it's like the. It's a little bit Yahtzee. It's a little bit like a <laughs> RPG. It's it's like it's it's it's, it's like Sado Yahtzee. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it, with 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 a theme on it, and then and then like a and then you know put in this like uh, this uh, rogue like uh, you know uh, box. Um, but but that reservation, and I think their reservations about games like this, right? They don't always look pretty. They don't always. Um, uh, they don't always uh, maybe have as many features or aren't as deep as we really want it to be. Um, their experiences that we're being asked to spend, spend like $20. And you know what? We may only get a couple hours out of play. And I think that that becomes a little bit of hard to swallow. And I, I'm going to throw out uh, in 2012, uh, Robot Entertainment launched a game on, on iOS called Hero Academy. And I was working at Hothead at the time, and I wanted so much for this, you know, these former ensemble guys to sort of come, and they're making this, like, pretty clean, 
a simple head-to-head turn-based uh, tactics game. Um, you know, it had a couple of maps. It had five or six uh, uh, um, uh, clans or, or, or speed races that, that you could play. And, um, you know, I had a lot of fun with it. And it just never turned out for them. I mean, they sort of like they floated, they released it. I mean, they kept up with it for I think two years, Something but it just like never that, yeah. took on. Um, and then, but where it did go and where they did have success, and I think the answer to where all the small strategy games are is they're on mobile and they're in China. So, uh, Robot Entertainment was purchased by Tencent, which has bought so many game developers recently including riot and they're in china and i think um in china the culture there around gaming is much much different on mobile phones um uh, people actually will sit and play together in the same spot and that actually like facilitates a much different uh, type of game Uh, even chinese games that get released here so a big one that had a super bowl commercial was called um heroes charge um, in China, that same game had like a simultaneous multiplayer co-op thing, and there was like simultaneous battles. Um, but it did require you like I think it was like Bluetoothing your phones together and creating a, a network. Um, and so it's not viable here. Um, so they're out there. I think we just we're just gonna have to wait until you know America can figure out uh, how to make what's doing so well in China. Uh, take over here i mean but but part of it is also i mean i hear that and i'm like but i don't want to sit with you guys around a table with our phones out and play like a phone strategy game mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. if we're sitting around a table there's gonna be some cardboard and dice out on that table what i yeah. want is i don't know like what i want is this like i want something that gives me all those good feelings of like uh, a civilization game or an mm-hmm. EU or something, but it's going to be bite-sized. You know what I've Did been coming, you know what I've been coming back to oddly enough that I was kind of dismissive of it a f- few months ago in the show Atlantic Fleet. There's mm-hmm. a nice all mm-hmm. sorts of nice short little simulations. It's got a decent campaign. You can work your way up. The battles aren't too complicated. It it's looks twenty. Cool. Do- it looks cool. It's a twenty dollar game. Submarines are all power overpowered. You can just be a submarine if you want. Um, and it's act and it's a decent simple uh, strategy game, which is ahistorical and kind of shallow when you get into it. And we had a really good show on it, I think. But probably we've never given a $20 game a whole hour, but there we, we, we did it for Atlantic Fleet. And it's a game that I'm coming back to more and more because it has these... I think you hit on to something, uh, Dave, when you mentioned you know people you know, they're, they can just you know, spend X amount of dollars on a game and if it's free-to-play will help or if it's only $20. I think the fact that Atlantic Fleet is $20 and is chopped up into nice components. And actually, you know, it's kind of fun and pretty. And it's on PC. Um, mm-hmm. and it's not on anything else. I don't think it's on mobile, though it certainly could be on mobile. I mean, it's... Oh, God, I think even uh, according to Steam... Um, it was just on Flare Path, so I've got to read that, read that and see what oh, Tim wow, Stone yeah, had to say. Check that out. But I think that's kind of a game worth 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 checking out if you want something. So tell me about that word "shallow." 
Well, it's right. Like, yeah, like, I, I, like, 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 it isn't a type of it isn't a naval simulation <clears throat> game that's going yeah. to expect you to know a whole lot about the World War II Navy. And the the, the, the gameplay itself is. I mean, I, I describe it as it's it, it, it's kind of like the, the gun battles are pretty much scorched earth. Yeah. You fire yeah. your cannon, then you adjust your cannon for the next round, the next turn, and you just keep doing that. So it's really it, so the, the the cannon fires scorched mm-hmm. earth, and the submarines are sneak up and fire your torpedoes and hope the ship, ship you're shooting at isn't faster. So it's not like you're getting a whole lot of mm-hmm. gunnery lessons from this. This isn't you know combat air naval operations World War Two we're talking here. Um, but you know it's an accessible, simple game with attractive models that lets you pretend you're a gunner in a World War Two battleship or you're in a U-boat. Um, or if you're, or if you have the patience, you can try to figure out airplanes, which I finally figured out, and then I've promptly forgot, uh, <laughs> because oh my god, their airplanes are hard to manage. Uh, so this is, but I think that's the kind of this may be the places where people will find, and, and Atlantic Fleet. You don't, you don't need to be a war gamer to get into Atlantic Fleet because it's not really much of a war game. It is. It is a strategy game where you move your boats around and it feels like war and you, you feel like a captain. And I think strategy games are really about the but it comes when people ask what makes a strategy game interesting and how it makes you feel and the role it makes you assume. And this makes you assume you're an admiral or the captain of a small fleet. And that feeling, that impression is there no matter what is going on in the game, I think. So I'm kind of, I think that is another game that I'm coming back to. As a, oh, I have I have twenty minutes to spare. I want to or I want to do something while I'm waiting for this download. Or I have a conference call starting in twenty minutes, and they're going to make me rewrite this press release anyway. So I want to start editing it now. I'll just you know sink the Bismarck one more time, um, and just try to do it faster. Hmm. Do you do you think that 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 simplicity is? Um, or- I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, put out a, a thesis here. Okay, uh, that the simplicity that you're talking about that makes a game work and feel uh, uh, rewarding in that 20 minute, 30 minute time frame removes it from market viability. That the strategy market, this when when a player. Oh, I have goes I have Steam, no idea. Why I'm, that's not a question. Yeah. I was not a question. I was I wouldn't expect here to get, come here to get marketing questions. I think you know. <laughs> so, so, I think some of these will do well and some of these will not do well. I think that the price yeah. point will help. The the stickiness will help. Um, I think simplicity is a is a advantage for a lot of. Yeah. I mean, it, it works for this. For, it works for the, the cookie clickers, right? You know, yeah. it works for the idle games, and there's nothing, there's literally nothing to them. There's some strategic planning if you want to get there faster, or you can get there slower, but you'll end up in the same place no matter what you do. Uh, and they seem to be doing just how much money they make. I don't know. I'm sure somebody's buying their booster packs. Otherwise, there wouldn't be so many of them. Uh, so I don't think simplicity necessarily runs against uh, marketability. Otherwise, you know, God of War wouldn't be, or, or Clash of Clans mm-hmm. wouldn't be making all of the money in the world. Well, yeah, but for every right. one of those, well, there's I mean, like a hundred dead imitators. That well, sure, the but that, that, that has nothing to do with the simplicity of the mechanics. That has to do with mm-hmm. a bunch of copycats jumping into a market where you only need one or two of those. Um, mm-hmm. If there were like, if there were fifty Atlantic fleets out there, not all of them would succeed. If there was a more sophisticated Atlantic fleet out there, something that cost thirty dollars had a better model, I can't guarantee it would do better than Atlantic Fleet is doing. It got a different audience for sure, and might even get. 
a larger audience. But I don't think the price much has, I don't think that the shallowness has very much to do with the game's success. Um, I look at, I mean, you mentioned Offworld Trading Company. It's, I, I think that's a success. I mean, I don't know their sales. I haven't looked it up on Steam Spy. But I think it's doing pretty well. And it's not, mm. a, and it's not a simple game by any means, no. uh, in the strategy space. But you know, there are there are simple games in the strategy. And I think there's other games that are probably easier that are doing okay. Uh, I, I don't because each game has its own individual market. I, don't, I think mm-hmm. it's hard to draw any general conclusions, especially something as broad as strategy, where we do have such a wide range of what's out there and what's available and what counts and what doesn't. I have to think that the survival game market kind of ate some like if I if I look uh, at on Steam and I look at strategy um you know you do see your your uh um you know the Hearts of Iron 4 and the Offworld Trading Company and now you see Master of Orion um but you definitely see a, like so much of like the rim worlds the factorials like and i don't even know if they're strategy games like oh, they're they kind of simulation games but they're definitely like they're they're taking up a uh, shelf space yeah. and i think they're also taking up like uh brain space and they're taking up market space oh, for sure. right like for it, sure. is, it is it is the the um you know that minecraft generation that is just pushed out there and they're like kind of the exact opposite that we're talking about right these are games that like not only like do you become like if they they're games that become the only game that people play and you just lose time to um i suppose you could play them in in in, in yeah, you know, small I mean, bursts I'm but that's not what we're talking about no, right like it's that's not. not like no um and so i it's a it's kind of weird well, what, now i ask you rob was there ever a time where the, where this where this unicorn existed i mean like, I kind of feel like maybe it did, but only by virtue of the fact that games were necessarily smaller. Okay. Like, Want to give me I, an example? I mean, the problem what is... Did, like, my, what did old... How long did a game... Like, the first, uh, like, King's Bounty games, or, or like, like if, if, we, if we go back 20 years and we think about things like that, like... These were games that could fit on, on like a few floppy disks. Like they they couldn't have been that long, right? I mean, you, kinda, you know, the map wasn't that big. I'll tell you, it, it certainly felt to me like modern Civ games take longer to play than like Civilization Two did. Uh, oh, like, geez, that's just because you're older but, and you're closer to death. No, that's maybe that's it. Maybe that's maybe that's it. Um, I don't know. Nothing ever took as long as a Civilization Three game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh I mean like okay so like Heroes of Might and Magic I I feel like was a yeah, little right? more yep. like self-contained the campaign like yeah there was the yeah. campaign but it was sort of broken up in a way that was sort of easily digestible. Um yeah. a lot of war games <laughs> there was no grand campaign like okay that was their thing. Um if you wanted a game about like war with like all sorts of shit out in the field like shooting at each other um, that game necessarily wasn't very big. Uh, like, if you mm-hmm, wanted mm-hmm. that, you were going to be getting a scenario-driven game. Uh, if you wanted right. something that was like a big open-ended campaign where all your decisions uh, sort of like added up via process of accretion to some sort of strategic victory, uh, that was a different sort of game. But you know, Nair the Twain uh, shall meet. 
And so those two experiences ended up uh, kind of kind of separate. And the, the few occasions where people tried to marry them uh, tended to go kind of poorly, right? Like um, American Civil War, uh, the, the sequel to like Fields of Glory, uh, which had a dynamic campaign that was just an absolute train wreck because the technology wasn't there. Uh, so I, I feel like... I feel like that stuff maybe maybe kind of existed. Uh, there were a lot of games like I mean, remember like I mean, like Horse and Musket was a collection of smaller scenarios, right? And like the Perfect General was like uh, actually a really good war game series, I would argue. Uh, but it was all like designed to have these like tiny mm-hmm. little campaign, like not tiny ca- campaigns, but like tiny little like one off like lunch hour battles. Uh, and mm-hmm. then at some point, I start. I, I feel like strategy becomes like grand str- like grand strategy and wargaming kind of start to blur together a little bit. Uh, you know, tactical battles become a feature, not just in Total War, but like in space forexes and such um and i don't know it just it just feels like those two things started to kind of merge and then mm-hmm. you started to see like uh you know games that were kind of like these nested systems uh games within games and everything kind of had a meta campaign uh that that fed into the next thing so i don't know i i, I kind of feel like I, I feel like it didn't used to i feel like it didn't used to be this rare to find mm-hmm. something that like was digestible. So I'm wondering if if the if really we're dealing with some market market forces um, as the the bar has been raised as a sort of what is a minimum viable product as the what what we can actually sell. Um, you know, you know, I think fewer risky stuff is coming in there, and the way you mitigate risk is by is by is by copying stuff um, and. And also, like, I think what we believe is the minimum sort of has changed. Oh, absolutely. I think, absolutely. I think, I think Paradox has, like, oh, it feels like they've just gotten a chokehold on stuff. And, and because no one, no one can make a grand strategy game, I think we'll have a hard time without having to climb that mountain that they've created. Um, uh, of all those games and all those updates that can build on each other, like it is this fantastic, uh, like and even like the, the the consumer can't see it, right? They can see the iceberg tip, and they can't see all the all the value that has been amortized over you know the fourteen, fifteen, uh, you know Crusader Kings two expansions or whatever the case may be. To say nothing you know, of the it, previous games that provided like a games, decade right? of R and D. So like it 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 came up like today and you know I'm playing through the new Master of Orion and you know that's most certainly not a half an hour game right but I'm also like being like well, okay this is this thing that I used to love it basically is the same game but it's missing all this stuff <laughs> and so like I feel like I've been conditioned to expect all the stuff that's in a paradox game and I think if I I, I'm I'm worried that I'm part of this market that if I downloaded like a simpler, elegant game that was supposed to fill that same niche, but do it like way more economically in terms of my time, I actually think it was just a lesser product. Well, I mean, like, look at the reception that like, and like, these are like flawed games, obviously, mm-hmm. but uh, 
like what was it, Sid Meier's Starships? Yeah, sure. Um, but like, like, like any, like the moment these pop up, the reaction wasn't just ah, this isn't my cup of tea. There was kind of a manic tinge to the reaction to those games, right? It's like, yeah, right. what, what the hell, Sid Meier? I thought, I thought we had a deal. I thought you were like a strategy guy, and this is this is shallow shit. And you know, may, like again, flawed games, but to an extent, I feel like. Well, okay, so you brought up Tharsis earlier. And mm-hmm. I feel like the other thing about a smaller, shorter game is that you can't hide anything in a short game. No. Like, no. You, there's no, you can't, like, you can't bait the hook with, like, well, if you keep playing, this game's going to get more interesting. Stuff's going to happen. A short game, oh, yeah. like, that fuse is real short. And then the game ends, and then you're like, oh, so, like, all those mechanics, all that stuff, it was leading up to this. Like, this is how it works. And that's all there is. And so once you sort of have it boiled down that way, you're going to get, it's not that it makes players more unmerciful, it's just it, it sort of throws the design, the game, into sharp relief and, and how you feel about it. Whereas, like, mm-hmm. I mean, the Total, like, the Total War series has, has succeeded um, without ever really making, with, with a few very rare exceptions... Uh, mm-hmm. Like their system is their, their their systems have never really really worked all that well. They've never really <laughs> really come together all yeah. that well. Uh, and there's ga- there's I love a lot of these games, but part of that success is undeniably the fact that like it just keeps going and like there's more mm-hmm. stuff. And yeah, there's this, there's there's parts about it that bother me, but at the same time, like. Look, I, I, like there's ten more hours left of this campaign. I'm having a good enough time. I'm gonna keep going. Whereas Tharsis, like the fourth and fifth time, it like kills your crew in the space of like mm-hmm. three hours. Like, guess what? This is Tharsis. That's all there is. It's gonna be like yeah. you repeating this process until you beat it. So then, how do you feel about that? Because there's no like the curtain is pulled back. This is all you're gonna get with this game. How do you feel about that? And that's a that leaves players in a different place. It left me in a different place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that's the other issue with like small games is you can't hide anything. And I think a lot of war game and strategy design uh, is to an extent about hiding things, hiding limitations. Oh, I think for for strategy games, like especially if we if we if we are talking about single player strategy games, I think time uh, it sort of it it. it it's that Photoshop, right? Like it, it, it has that blur, that smudge tool over things. And there's some, like, I think it's some really real ways. Uh, you know, one it's, um, uh, that RNG just averages out. Um, the, you know, there's, there is, uh, well, as the longer a game goes, the more dice you roll, the more, you know, just predictable that thing is going to be a game like Tharsis. Um, you know where there are relatively few die rolls um you lose you know one you get you get a string of of understandable but you know unfortunate luck on the on the on, on the edge case um it ruins the game um and it's actually like pretty easy to just ca- i think i think it's easy to cast it aside um which is which is nice but it doesn't benefit from the uh you know, I've played a number of grand strategy games and 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 world builder games where, you know what, there are some pretty big late game problems or some pretty you know the AI doesn't know how to deal with this stuff and it's totally exploitable. And the fact that I've spent 
20 hours in it, I think it buys it some, I think like my, my brain does some mental math and says like, well, you know what? You're not an idiot. You wouldn't have spent 20, 20, 20 hours on anything useless. This must have been a, a worth a worthwhile. Keep keep playing. <laughs> or it's part of it too. Like I mean, there's also a degree of I think a little bit of like, um, <laughs> like I don't know, like what, the ga- gamer compassion for things. Like when the AI starts to like crumble in the late game, but like you know, yeah. put up a reasonable fight for a good portion of it. There's yeah, kind of a tendency yeah. for me to be like, eh. Like the the snowball's rolling pretty good at this point. It's okay, AI. I'd have folded at this point too. And besides, we all know the really good part was the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and frankly, like yeah, like sometimes if it's been long enough, I go, eh, I don't really need to play the last couple hundred turns. <laughs> I'm I'm king of the universe. I can tell. Yeah, like it's um. And I don't like I I don't know if that is I, I mean look this is sort of a a values neutral proposition this is just how we sort of uh, react to things but at the same time it does sort of make me question whether or not well okay we've talked before on the show how we all have the suspicion that like the RTS was slightly consumed by people abandoning it for MOBAs and stuff like that right. Uh, and there's tons of people like playing idle games and phone games that, that aren't necessarily like, uh, you know, <laughs> reading, reading news on the, on the hotly anticipated paradox game or something like that. Um, and I do kind of wonder, like, is it one of these cases where like genres kept flattering their hardest of hardcore again and again like go to those go to those players you know are there you know what they want you know how to tailor the pitch to them and then sort of look around in confusion when like certain genres don't seem to grow or something or people like are are abandoning ship and going to something that's sort of like yours, but is is really different in a lot of ways too. And I just I, I just wonder if if that's uh you know if, if if that's something that like developers should be aware of that like are these people playing like persistent survival games? Um, is that like a discovered audience, or were these people that were like looking for something to satisfy an itch? And they couldn't find it anywhere but these like persistence, these you know these survival games. I don't know. I don't. I'm not too sure it 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 matters, right? Um, I think it could come from from either space. Um, it could come from the supply or the demand side, right? Like it's either a new market reality um, or just the cost of production has come come too much, but. But I will say that, like you know, games itself are getting bigger. Um, last last year, there was a Wall Street Journal article written and said, oh, last year, 2015, it was uh, 25 billion dollars. Uh, last year was 15. Um, so that that's gone crazy. And the thing that they sort of were, were pointing out is is mobile, right? And what's interesting is that the 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 thing that they are sort of pushing the mobile space is strategy games. They're not our strategy games, but they are strategy games. Um, so I mentioned before Game of War Fire Age. The other game that Machine Zone does is uh, called Mobile uh, Mobile Strike. That's the one with um, uh, uh, the Terminator. It's got uh, Schwarzenegger commercials, right? Um, 
like they they almost made a billion dollars off of games that are now like three years old um and so i i have to imagine that in the future we um we are going to be moving towards some of this stuff and um at least in the space of short experiences and for people who are who who either aren't looking for the paradox game the the big long investment game or they just aren't capable um that the the opportunity in the mobile space with the the games where the uh, barrier to entry is dropped down super super low um is where it is and and i think that it, it will get better in terms of what we want to make i hope i can be part of that as a designer the thing that scares me is that the barrier to entry for play is low but cost is very very high and if you in this sort of future where most strategy games that are short are on the mobile space you're going to be looking to spend you know a couple hundred dollars a month on a little mobile game and that is if you want to be able to actually participate and that's going to be i think a big limiting factor on the people listening to this show is like if that's the thing we're going to be able to do I mean, I can't. Well, that's a little depressing. <laughs> well, you know, you can't have me on with that a little doom and gloom. Um, so I, I think what that means is, is that we have to find and make those spaces ourselves. So the things that I talked about earlier, like being able to take a large portion and like, like, you're not going to find a game that's catered towards this very specific need. I, I, I suspect we won't. And I think that there's some pretty clear market reasons. But we are seeing games, and I and I would urge game makers, that can be self-partitioned into those spaces, right? So those games that I mentioned, um, Invisible Ink and Off War Trailing Company, and I think um, uh, 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 MOBAs for when you're not on a plane, those can fit in those smaller spaces, um, but they're not gonna give you the same feeling and reward of a larger game in that smaller space. That comes from stringing together like dozens if not hundreds of those half an hour chunks. Um, so that it's, I think you'll get there and you can fit it in your time, but I, I just don't think there's gonna be like this this little gem for you that, that is going to give you everything you want in half an hour. I think there is. Because, oh, my friends, I have seen it. I've seen okay. it. Okay. What is it? Um, there's two games that I like. I think of like what were perfect experiences that like seemed like they could have been much, much bigger and like hit all those buttons, but were really short. And the two games that I go to a lot as examples of this are both from Blendo Games, um, Adam Zombie Smasher, and uh, Flotilla. And Flotilla is sure. kind of their take on like a, a homeworld esque, uh, yeah, it's a, a homeworld esque like space RTS. Um, and Adam Zombie Smasher is, despite its like surf rock, uh, ridiculous, absurdist aesthetic. Um, mm-hmm. is actually a, a pretty decent uh, like 
like zombie fight zombie warfare game uh about like managing evacuation after evacuation but okay so the missions themselves are really really simple but the way they're strung together and the choices you have to make along the way and where you have to choose like not only choosing how to develop your force but also how to sort of develop your um develop your force but then but then also choosing like where you can defend and uh what to prioritize mm-hmm. like those are games that kind of like do everything i want big strategy games to do except then just when you're like really feeling your groove they're like all right we're done and you know slam cut to credits and it's really really cool uh, and I, I, I just, I, I love both those games. Like Adam Zombie Smasher, I think, is a game that you can play the entire campaign in like 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I have like 25 hours in that game. Um, <laughs> and so, like, I, I, I feel like it's possible. It's out there. Um, and I just, it, it's just like so few people, I think, uh, either have the will or the ability to work in that space, right? Because, and, hmm. and like, ability, like, ability is a non-trivial thing. Like, I think Brennan Chung is a really damn good game designer. And, like mm-hmm. we said, like, in those short games, like, you can't hide a damn thing. Um, and I think a lot of games that I still, like, I really like, um, you know, <laughs> a really big game doesn't have to be as tight. And... Maybe that's maybe that's the the really controlling factor, right? Is is that mm. a, a lot of a lot of designs won't hold up if you try to distill them down to the okay? Yeah. Can we get all of this to happen in the space of a two hour session? And the answer is, you know, maybe yes, but then it's shitty, and so you have to like parse it out. What do you think facilitates uh, that type of 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 play in Adam Zombie Smasher and Flotilla, like? They're two pretty different games. Um, they're they're like, you know, Brandon Chung. He goes in like crazy different directions, right? Like Quadrado Cowboy doesn't have any of that. I'm guessing. So what uh, what what do you have to say about that? Yeah, I mean that's um, it, it's definitely a tough, it's definitely a tough uh, question because like, it's this it's it's the super subjective thing, right? Like explain mm-hmm. why something really clicks with you. Yeah, uh, but. I think part of it is that both those games really early on are not afraid of making you feel dumb. Yeah, Um, right. And so, like, your first encounters with them are actually kind of frustrating, but they're not too frustrating, right? And so your first encounters leave you with this, like, oh, wait, I... This, the, no, I, I just didn't know what I was doing. Hey, hang on. Let me try that again. And so really quickly, yeah. it's like you, you go through these loot, like the, these are games that actually like they're, you, they can be played one of, they can play in the short session. But really, I think the game itself is this iterative experience that sort of uh, accretes over mm-hmm. the course of several games as you play it and, 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 and take away your, uh, you know, the things you've learned and apply it the very next game. And that shortens the feedback loop. Uh, really, really, like, it becomes very, very quick, where you're like, oh, I saw that thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this playthrough's probably borked. I'll play it out, because it's only 10 more minutes. But the next time around, 
like that 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 weapon I've never learned how to use, that ship type I've never learned how to use. I think I've got an idea for what I can do mm-hmm. with it. I think I've seen now what I'm supposed to do. And maybe you're right, maybe you're wrong, but that's always a really exciting feeling, right? Where you're like, oh, I can't wait to like revisit that failure mm-hmm. and try to get it right again. Same thing happened a little bit with uh, Vietnam 65. Uh, the the difference being, I don't think that had quite enough like style and charm for me that like once I'd figured out that system. I kind of mm-hmm. was done with the game, whereas like Adam Zombie Smasher, <laughs> yeah. even after I was done, like a few weeks later, I was like, yeah, I can play that again. And then like the the, the, the Terriers esque yeah. theme song starts up again, and uh, <laughs> there's this weird like graphic novel characters in the background, and the dude in the giant iron lung. Uh, it's such a weird goddamn game, but it's like exciting. Yeah. So so I think you know Adam Zombie Smasher. I think like you hit on a bunch of different things, and like. Uh, for me, things that really uh, stand out about that game are like the requirements of sacrificing, like and and consequences for your actions. And I think that that sort of stems to a lot of that. Like, you learn you're going to fail. You got this feedback loop. Um, but from from a game designer perspective, right? Like, that is such a tough task of like um, communicating the consequences of player action is a real tough problem. Uh, letting a player fail and then hoping that they learn from that failure and giving them enough information to, to learn from that failure is an even harder problem. Getting a player to restart a thing that they failed maybe because they believe that they didn't understand a thing, like how you're describing. I didn't know how to use that ship, and now I do. Like That's actually a lot of asks to ask of the player man making games is hard but making short games is super hard like like uh, what you're asking what you're sort of suggesting is like that feedback loop um i mean it's no accident that blendo games like i mean i think it's 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 really like kind of brendan chong and a a few collaborators who, who rotate in other projects but like not an insanely prolific studio Right. I mean, like, you know, it's like I hold these experiences up, uh, but at the same time, like it's the iceberg thing. Right. Where what you see is this is this tiny polished gem. Uh, But I mean, quadrilateral cowboy was like an active project for what, like three years? Um, Four. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I think he was talking about he may have been talking about when we had him on the show uh, Mm -hmm. like a few years back. Uh, So. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that's probably part of it, right? Is like, what's, like, if you're sitting there, like, I want to make a strategy mm-hmm. game, and I'm running a business, and how am I going to make this work? And you've got, like, two paths before you. One is, like, you just keep beating your head against this, like, exp- like trying to refine this experience and sort of get something that will click with a lot of players of varying ability and intelligence and insight and, exp- like, uh, versus... Just being like, space is really big, and imagine there's more planets out there for you to colonize. And fuck mm-hmm. it, you can design a ship too. <laughs> like, which which of those is easier? Uh, and <laughs> like, which which of those is more likely to happen? Uh, I, I think the market's sort of given us our answer. Oh, jeez. See now, now, now you've made David depressed. It's his job to come in here and depress us, and now you've depressed him. God, you're taking his job. Yeah, no, no, it's it's fine. Uh, so hey, I, you think you think you think Majesty could be a clicker? 
<laughs> oh god. Yeah, I can't I can't talk about our company's licenses. Now, what if what if Majestic were a clicker and oh, we just what? just launched the dystopia right now? Oh god. You you get you get a phone call, it's like there's a package in the mail, and it's like a literal like it's just like a pedometer or something. Um I think no, all my I think all my arts and clicker heroes is the dystopia. I think we've reached that point. So I have a quick question. Um I mean like when 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 you've talked like Troy, when you've talked about games like, you know, Im- imperialism and and like OG colonization, I've never gotten the sense those games are particularly big. They're not big. They take quite a bit of time. Um they're they're not short games by any means. I mean, they're probably the original colonization is shorter than the original civilization, but still it's very long. There's a lot of stuff to do. There's a lot more there's trade management and all of these really weird things that happened in colonization. And imperialism, your supply chains, it's choosing mm-hmm. where to put your people. The, the thinking process in a turn of imperialism is quite intense. Um, but yeah, these are not... These are sort of, they're, they're small games for sure. They're probably shorter than... Now, the grand strategy games of the past are shorter than Crusader Kings. No one's going to deny that. But these are mm-hmm. also not... Say, hey, I, as a, I want to play a short game. Sure, play imperialism. If you define short as a day on Mars. And these are, you know... Still, very, very large uh, titles uh, to maintain and to keep up uh, and to be patient with. Um, but yeah, I mean, we shouldn't confuse the size of a game with how long it takes. Um, I mean, there are some overlap. I mean, ro- roguelikes theoretically take forever, but we all know that I'm dead in 10 minutes. So it's a break game. But imperialism and colonization aren't quite like that because they do lead up to, oh, the next decision, the next decision, the next decision where you get sucked right in. And it's yeah. really hard to break free because they aren't in discrete chunks. It's not like, oh, now I have a, now I have a sugar mill. I'll stop playing civilization or mm-hmm. colonization. Yeah. I mean, this is like, I mean, this is where... Uh, and maybe this is one reason why... You know, we and so many of our friends have gotten really, really into board gaming because Mm -hmm. sort of by necessity, uh, strategy games in that space have to be like completable uh, in the space of like four or five hours tops. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're learning it that day, you can say, all right, like you can you can give them six, seven, maybe eight hours. But, you know, but for for that session where like everyone knows what they're doing and everything. We're talking about like a long afternoon, maybe into the evening, uh, mm-hmm. and and that's why. Like, I mean, you know, Bruce has straight up told us. Uh, he's like, yeah, I mean, he's like, really, I think going forward, my interest is primarily board games because uh, PC strategy games. I don't have time to play them, but also a lot of what is out there is no longer doing it for me. Uh, that he finds a lot more exciting stuff uh, on the tabletop front, and I can't really argue with that, right? Like, I mean. Uh, you know, I, like the there was like I really, really loved uh, Hearts of Iron Four. I still think the most exciting World War II like grand strategic all history game uh, I played this last year was probably Triumph and Tragedy, nineteen thirty six, nineteen forty five, and that's not a knock against you know Hearts of Iron, but like Triumph and Tragedy was this crazy like distillation of like what is everything I could possibly want from a World War II grand strategy game. 
right? Like alternate histories, uh, like large high level decision making, uh, and then lots of like pushing armored divisions around and like slamming them into each other. Um, and that's all there in the space of, I mean, the day I learned it, we played through that game in probably like two and a half hours, three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's really cool, right? I mean, like, yeah. you know, if it's if it's between that and uh, you know, like, you know, sinking twenty, thirty hours into something, uh, and and time is of the essence, uh, and especially if you want like other people involved, um, you know, it's it's all happening on tabletop. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I think it's a, I think that's a a good option. I mean, it get it really unfortunately gets back to like that same issue you had with like. Uh, the sort of the Chinese mobile space, which is now you need people in the same place. Um, now we're 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 making inroads, right? There's a few tabletop uh, simulator. Obviously, tabletop simulators are, is another game, but I think there's there's a there's a few other games that will allow us to sort of facilitate that. But um, you know, even those, we will only be getting like the most. There will be very few. It will always be the most popular that that sort of get that that transition into into digital space. Um, but yeah, the the board game, you know, it's just easier to 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 get those in people's hands, frankly. And I think there's a lot more diversity of design tolerated in board games uh, that can allow for like distilling certain aspects of things. Like like David, I'm thinking about like Sakigahara. Which yeah, is like, yeah, sure. like we played a bunch of that over the course of a weekend. But the really cool thing about it is Sakigahara also has this really like novel conception of like how like command and control worked in that era, right? And how like political like political viability was not really divorceable from uh, like military viability. The, the two systems were sort of interconnected. And that's all represented with, you know, cards and uh, this this odd sort of like resourcing uh, that exists in the game that actually runs sort of counter uh, to a lot of the lessons that other more conventional war games end up teaching you. But the thing is, I feel like in the PC space, I don't feel like we, we see or are, are allowed to see a lot of really like abstracted or creative uh, systems uh, for representing things, right? Like usually I think the preferred mode is to represent the thing on a, on a one-for-one basis almost. Uh, like, it, like most things, it should be like representable like via spreadsheet or something or you can almost imagine the spreadsheet and the sums being tabulated sort of under the hood uh and you don't see a lot of things that sort of challenge that uh that sort of like basic arithmetic model right you don't see a lot of things pushing out into in into you know spaces that board games routinely explore yeah um yeah I mean that that's going off and I think a completely different uh, and also like uh, interesting topic and that's that's sort of you know the, the intersection between uh you know the means of production and the demand of the people but um you know we'll I think I need to get to get out of America before I start having that sort of socialist <laughs> conversation <laughs> All right, so um as we as we wind this down um 
I mean, for for those of us who've still been for those still waiting for like, okay, but what do you recommend? Uh, in addition to the stuff we've we've talked about tonight, like, uh, what are what like? Do you, does anyone here have go to like? Uh, I've I've just got a couple hours and I want to play a strategy game. Does anybody where where do you go? It doesn't have to be a short game, but like just just what reliably delivers like a satisfying experience in like two hours. If I just need the quick hit, I go to Civilization Five and I play up to. The medieval era and stop. Yeah, that's 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 test my brain, do some new strategies, uh, do some crazy stuff. But I'm not invested in winning necessarily, but invested in just pushing the pushing the system and having fun. So just go up to the medieval age because everything everything sucked after the industrial age anyway. So go up to the medieval age. Um, uh, right now for me, it's been um, uh, Invisible Ink. I've just gone back to it. It's uh, they did a, an expansion with a, I think two or three new characters that sort of interact in some different ways, um, a, a few new enemy types that will sort of mix up that stuff. But I've just been like pushing myself further and further in 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 that game. Yeah, for me, when I'm like when I when I'm pressed for time uh, and like maybe don't have the the beefiest rig out there not like entirely a strategy game but again if i just want to if i just want to push those buttons um you know i still go back to unity of command a lot and just be like i wonder yeah. if i can do this faster because uh, it's yeah. just so damn satisfying such a good game um, and god i'm dying for the sequel because uh, clearly there's there's a need for more games like that uh anyway uh, that will do it for our discussion of short-form strategy games and, you know, the lack thereof. Uh, Three Moves Ahead is produced, as always, by Michael Hermes and is hosted on the Idle Thumbs Network. You can learn more about the show and discuss this episode with our community at threemovesahead.net or follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash 3MA. Finally, Three Moves Ahead is supported by listeners just like you on Patreon. If you've been enjoying our show, please consider contributing at patreon.com slash 3MA and rate and review us on iTunes. Anyway, we'll be back next week with another episode of Three Moves Ahead. Until then, for Troy and David, this is Rob Zachney saying goodnight.